Hey everyone, Nick here. I just wanted to take a second to affirm that we here at Project Derailed and Tales of the Voidfarer stand in support of the basic rights of bodily autonomy and reproductive freedom. In the wake of the upsetting and unfortunate developments coming out of the Supreme Court here in the United States, I've included links to the Center of Reproductive Rights, Planned Parenthood, and a link to other ways you can help. I encourage you to check those out and support if you're able to. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. You dare steer from the horde of Sleetfang. Luckbeak, your bullet catches it in the eye as the dragon lets out a loud shriek. And then you hear a distant roar. And then another, and another. The Modron tries to take your ring of mind shielding. No, stop that. It just goes, blah, 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 blah. This ring's not made of center shot, last I checked. It may serve the same purpose. I take off the ring and I hand it to the Modron. Well, this could work. Marco, something assaults your brain and you fall unconscious. I'll let you guys get it out of the way. I'm recording. No, we can't do <laughs> I'm this good. Again. Take another one. <laughs> I've gone from like totally passive to like the most aggro. <laughs> I am recording. There we go. And I am recording. <laughs> Jesus. See, I just waited for you guys to get get it done. You that know. used to be me, man. But at some points, you just have to like take life by the jugular. <laughs> you can't just sit back anymore. I, for this time, I did the thing I did when I was a server and people would fight over who was going to pay the check. I was just <laughs> like, you fight amongst yourselves and I'll come back later. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Oh, you punished them. You would just yeah. walk away with it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you figure out who's going to pay me and I'll come back when you have it sorted. Nice. Leave me out of it. <laughs> Fair. Uh, what you really have to do is just create an incentive. You say... Uh, I will give this to the person who'll tip me more. And oh, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, that's easy. I wish I would have <laughs> thought of that. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, well, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. And uh, instead, you're doing this for money. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucked up terribly. <laughs> you really made a huge mistake. And have to work on my birthday to boot. <laughs> Happy hey, birthday, that was Nick. all you. That was 100% I know. you. Look, <laughs> honestly, though, playing Dungeons & Dragons is what I want to do on my birthday. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, there you go. You're really pulling back the kimono on this one, huh? 
You want people to know what date it was recorded? We, we, we are, there's no more buffer now. So like people are going to know that we recorded <laughs> this true. a week before it's coming out. I forgot oh, that This is as happens. up to date as we've ever been on these. <laughs> that sucks. That's what we're trying to catch up here in a little bit. Yeah. 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 After this recording, we're going to, we're going to have a marathon a bunch in a row. So uh, we should be in front of things. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> That's the key word, is so. hopefully. <laughs> so, shall we jump into it? Because I believe things might be a little dire. <laughs> Let's jump. Yeah. All righty. Um, Ravnus and Flapwing, you guys wake up to hear Marco screaming. Huh? Uh, I, I, I look around. Is it dark still, or is it daytime? You are in an underground cavern. You are in the librarian hub, deep below the city, in this nest of interlocked clockwork and machinery. And the Modrons are oblivious to what's going on, continuing <laughs> their routines, repairing the surroundings and repairing the various librarian drones that are around. But you jolt awake and look around, and some of the others as well, Roxana and Brohane, kind of sit up. Merrick jolts awake. What? What's going on? Uh, I like go like turn over and cover my ears I say he's having the clown dream again go back to sleep he's afraid of clowns too Ravnus is uh, grabbing her sword and running towards the noise yeah uh, you grab your sword and roll over and stand and you see over towards like the workshop area um, just a little bit away from where you guys were all sleeping uh, Marco is on the ground near a workbench, and standing over him is like a ghostly apparition of a figure you recognize. Cyrus, the elven rift sentry that you know resides in Marco's ring, who you only saw in any sort of physical form when you entered a memory. And here he is, kind of this like partially translucent, flickering, slightly purple tinted like hologram. And you can kind of see in his center is a librarian drone that is seeming to project this image of Cyrus. It does have a purple glow compared to the more orangish amber glow of a normal librarian drone. Okay. Um, since Marco is screaming, she's going to try to attack the drone. Okay. Yeah, you run forward. You see Cyrus, the image of him kind of looking down at Marco, kind of like he seems surprised as well. And he looks up and goes, it's not me, I swear. Does Marco say anything? Marco seems to be unconscious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as you get up it. on him, he's like writhing on the ground. Blood is gushing from his nose and he's screaming. Ah, uh, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, she is going to fully attack then and ignore Cyrus, because fuck that guy. Yeah, go ahead and make an attack roll. Oh, that's not very good. That is a 14. Yeah, your sword goes right through the illusory form. The librarian drone inside the illusion kind of dips upwards. And Cyrus, like, kind of reacts almost as if he's standing there, kind of, like, bracing himself and takes a few steps back. I swear, it's not me. Then what happened? He, he, he was simply here helping place my essence in one of the, the drones. Um, that's, that's all. He, and he kind of like pauses and like looks down. He goes, oh, no, he took off the ring, the ring of mind shielding. He needed to remove it so that it could be placed inside the drone. 
when I hear Ravnus saying things and more mm -hmm. people talking, uh, I am sort of like popping my head up and looking over there and realizing that there's commotion. Yeah. So I'm getting up and, uh, ah, ah, okay, hold on. Uh, and I'm putting on my armor. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Ravnus is going to be like, then why did he scream? I, I don't know. If, if, if something was trying to assault his mind, perhaps the ring of mind shielding was protecting him. I, I took, wasn't even thinking that I... Cyrus seems flustered. Insight check. Yeah, go ahead and make an insight check. 15. Yeah, um, you, you think he's telling the truth. He does seem flustered and he feels a little guilty, but not because he's responsible, because he's like, he believes that his prompting of like Marco removing the ring to do whatever it is that was done may have opened him up to whatever's happening now, but he genuinely doesn't know what's happening. She is going to look sort of suspiciously at Cyrus and then go and try to check on Marco, see if she can glean more information. Sure. Go ahead and make a medicine check or an arcana check. Uh, medicine's better. That's really good. That's a 23. Yeah. You can tell that whatever's happening to Marco is something that's happening in his mind. You could see that while his nose is bleeding, physically he is fine. He's not at zero hit points unconscious. He is just unconscious. And he seems to be battling something within his brain. And uh, in fact, Scriv is actually going to come over and say, does he require healing? No, there's something attacking him mentally. Wait, uh, sorry, I I'm, I'm still sort of getting up and I'm like trying to pull a boot on and hopping over to the scene. Uh, this is why I sleep in my armor. That's smart and wildly uncomfortable and also why you have bed sores all over your body. Um, <laughs> and scoliosis. <laughs> you are shaped like a question mark, Merrick. I didn't think I needed to mention it. <laughs> um, I say, wait, uh, so so something was waiting until the moment he took that ring off? I mean, it, it, it was immediate. Cyrus is still a little flustered. He's going to say, it, it wasn't exactly immediate. There was a few moments between him taking off the ring and this happening. It wasn't long, but it wasn't instantaneous. I don't know if he was being specifically targeted all along or if just whatever it is, found him. Okay. Um, well, that's not good in either case. It means something is has been watching us at least, right? But perhaps. Okay. Weird. Uh, I'm going to detect thoughts on Marco. Okay. So I automatically get his surface shit. Right. Um, let's 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 do something fun. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and make an intelligence saving throw for me. <laughs> Uh, that would be a 23. A 23. Yeah. Yeah, you reach into his thoughts and you are immediately rebuffed. Like you see flashes of something powerful. This, this immense feeling that whatever is assaulting his brain is so astronomically powerful that there is not room for you to edge in to see Marco's thoughts. This thing is filling the entire doorway and then some, basically. And as you attempt to pry, you feel this pressure force you back out to a point where, like, you're nose, your your nose hole in your beak begins to trickle blood, but you're able to pull back before any real damage was done. 
Does it feel like it was trying to get into me? No. Okay. It kind of felt like you were trying to edge in on something it was doing, and it just kind of, like, backhanded you, like, out of the way. Sure. Uh, I mean, like, I don't even say anything. I just look up at Ravnus, like, wiping the, the blood away from my beak, like, with huge, wide eyes. Uh, and I think the clear message here is, like, holy shit, something is happening. The only person who probably would even know what this is was Marco. 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 You feel pain coursing through your entire body. Your eyes are squinted shut, but at the same time, you feel that you are in some sort of liminal space. This black void, not terribly dissimilar from what it's like to enter a cognition shard before the facsimile of the memory has formed. And as you become aware of your surroundings, you feel your presence kind of floating in this black space and you see motion in distant blurs, like in a fog kind of around, flashes of different things, movement, places, things, and you can't really make out any detail on any of them. And that's when you see these glowing white synapse-like tendrils begin weaving towards you and you hear it's not quite like hearing words it's like you experience thoughts and ideas that your brain is interpreting as language these signals being translated into words by kind of an amalgamation of fragments of your own memories Anomaly. Anomaly. This entity that is encroaching upon your mind is so massive and all-encompassing that it feels like it is all around you and everywhere. Curious. And the synaptic tendrils begin growing closer, and as you're, like, struggling instinctively, they seem to, like, hit a barrier some distance out away from you. And that is when you intrinsically realize that whatever this thing is, it is probing you for specific information. It's trying to determine who you and your friends are. How you and your friends have resisted its manipulation. And where you all are now. You know, as it begins to burrow into your psyche, it will inevitably get at least some of that information. You can resist all you want until you find a way out of here. It's probably going to at least get something. Okay. But it's up to you to prioritize what's more important and in what order it will discover things. And hopefully you can find a way out before it discovers all three. Okay. All right, so let's think here first. So I got a creature here who's probing my mind away. Um, yep. hmm. Let's start off with a good old-fashioned perception check. Do I see anything that I can potentially, like, use to my advantage in this, in this like, void? Yeah, go ahead and make a perception check. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's call it an intelligence check. Your eyes are only an extension of your mind in this place. Okay, so... Uh, an intelligence check. 
that is going to be a 21. A 21. Yeah, you focus as this thing begins to pry more. The images around you begin to get clearer. You see ships fleeing a planet in one image, and it quickly fades to mist. You see many different factions squabbling over an issue, incoherent arguments being shouted out into a large assembly. You see mind flares abducting people from city streets, the tendrils of nautiloids reaching out and grabbing them, and they poof into mist, only to appear in the hold of the ship. It seems like you're seeing glimpses into the history of the Kratorian Empire. But the tendrils begin to press ever further, and you're going to have to start making intelligence saving throws to resist. Okay. You'll have to make a decision on which of those three pieces of information you want to be at least protected. Okay, least protected. Um, the one that I think is least protected would be where we are located. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's going to destroy us if I can say out. Sounds good. Go ahead and make an intelligence saving throw. Okay. That is also a 21. 21! Yeah. The tendril lashes out and hits this barrier as you defend, and the images get a little bit clearer. You see an image of the sun go out, vanish from the sky. Kratorians in a plaza on a planet looking up in horror as the sun goes out. Okay. I need you to make another intelligent saving throw. Okay. The DC is now higher. I kind of figured. <laughs> As this entity is trying harder to pry into your brain. Ooh, he's gonna get that one. That's a that's a that's a nine. A nine. That is a nat one. I just rolled. The synapsis tendrils pulse and extend inward, and you almost see this invisible barrier shatter. And suddenly, all of the images around you are filled with glimpses of snow and ice and the aerial view that you saw of Lyceum Arcanus as you descended below the clouds. The interior of the Grand Quadrivium Towers and even the tangled nest of mechanics that is the hub of the librarian drones. After that, of the other two, which one are you protecting more than the other? Who are you, and how are you resisting? Yeah. Um, all right. I think I need to protect. How are we resisting at all costs? Okay. I feel, I feel like the who, the where can change, and the who is what it is. It's not good. But yeah. Okay. I can't let them know because they could then figure out a way to fix it. Sounds good. Okay. You go to do that, and as the synapses begin to pressure down on the next barrier, the next fortification in your mind you see a glimmer of something off in the distance that kind of like pierces through these strange chaotic visions that are swirling around you and the visions themselves almost part a little bit to create like a dark tunnel and you see what looks like glowing flapping wings flying towards you and you hear a voice that you recognize marco you can make your next intelligence saving throw with advantage. Ooh, okay. Let's see here. Oh, baby. Okay. That is a 26. 26. Yes. The tendrils pulse downward again, but you're able to put up the fortifications once more. 
and the visions around you shift and you see what looks like an elder brain, its tendrils slumping out of a massive pool, crawling up the sides of a cavern where there are dozens and dozens of massive cinder shard crystals embedded in the ceiling and the tendrils are curling around them. And then the vision fades. You see off in the distance the flapping wings, this glowing avian shape flying towards you, and you see it's an owl. And as soon as you make out that appearance, it changes into the form of a woman. And you see Hannah. She's distant still. She looks like she's several hundred feet away, but she's looking directly at you and reaching out her hand. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I'm going to have to reach for that hand. I'm reaching. Go ahead and make another intelligence saving throw with advantage. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so that is a 22. 22 is exactly the DC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Let's go. the tendrils pulse once more and hit the barrier, but this time they shatter outwards. And that's your third success. So as you force the tendrils back, they fade off into nothing. And the visions slowly, one at a time, flicker out to black almost like television screens just going off one at a time until you're standing in this black void looking at a glowing white form of Hannah a couple hundred feet away. And as the last screens kind of flicker out, suddenly, without you even realizing, you're standing face to face with her. And she has this like look of disbelief on her face. I knew. I knew you were out there somewhere. So the first thing I do is I just kind of like reach out my hand and I try to touch her cheek. As you go to touch her cheek, you see her form kind of flicker slightly. And then she kind of like glances down at your hand and then up at you and she goes, we we don't have much time. There's a lot of, lot of magic at work here that allowing me to do this. I pulled a lot of favors with the sensates to be able to pull this off. Please tell me where you are. I will find you. Where we are is going to change very quick. All right, wait, 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 wait. I stopped there for a second. I want to make an insight check just to check. Go ahead. Okay. That's an 18. 18. Yeah. It's very hard to tell because this is a very not a normal situation, but it seems like she's genuine. This seems like the Hannah that you remember. Okay. In fact, your vision of her even now, she's actually wearing the gown that she wore to the ball when you first decided to go investigate the Spelljammer crash. Um, it's like right out of your memory. Okay. We don't have much time. Listen, we're, we're not going to be here long. Um, we're right now in the Lyceum Arcanus on the planet of Dilphos. So, but we are on the Voidfarer ship. So try to find the Voidfarer ship. We can, I can do the best that I can from that. But that's how we're going to travel. She nods. Okay, I'll find you. But there's one thing you need to know. It's very important. Something terrible. And then she vanishes. Uh, <laughs> no! Hannah! Hannah, no, come back! You wake up screaming and everyone huddled around you. Hannah was the clown this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, the first thing I do is I just touch Luckbeak. Hey? <laughs> Are you real? Yeah? You see his leather armor's on backwards. <laughs> Alright, say something that that, that Flatwing would say. Oh, uh, Merrick... Uh, execute plan toe jam. Okay, now I'm super confused. <laughs> I thought I was just getting the hang of what funny monkey is. Okay. Now you're throwing toe jam at me? 
Well, Toe Jam's just kind of like a uh, a different version of Funny Monkey. It's like Funny Monkey 2.0. Oh. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back in the real world. Where's my notebook? I start, like, <laughs> going through my bags, and I'm like, you got to give me a second here. I got to get this down before I forget it. Um, okay. And you see me, like, the, the writing is less legible. It is scribbles, basically. I- is everything okay, bud? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I finish, I like scribble as much as I can and I just kind of like chuck the pen down I'm like, grab my head start looking around um, and I'm like, okay You do feel the light on your face, you taste iron uh, I'm gonna have to fix that later um, Okay um, Okay What was your dream? Uh, less of a dream and more of an assault but give me a second here Okay, sorry you do see the illusory form of Cyrus and you hear the whirring of the flying librarian drone as it kind of floats over and the illusion of Cyrus seems to like walk as it moves, although it's not perfect. So it has a little bit of that like video game character animation where it's like sliding on the floor a little bit and it appears as if he crouches down next to you and I'm terribly sorry. I wasn't thinking of the ramifications of you removing your ring. Cyrus, um, it's okay. It's okay. But, um, everyone who's not ravenous and, um, Flapwing and Cyrus try to get camp packed up as quick as possible. We need to find a way to get off of this planet. The others are going to look around a little confused. Roxana is going to say, but what about the rest of the information that we need to gather? We're going to try to get that and get as much as we can, but it's going to have to be whatever we can smash and grab, like thieves in the night more than a detailed search. I like the sound of that, says Merrick. Okay, I got one on my side but I need to talk to them real quick, so just try to get stuff packed up, and we'll go from there. Roxana will nod. Very well. I will see that it's done. Okay. Let's talk now about Squid. Mind players. Illithids. Alright. So, I'm not entirely sure what just happened to me, but I'm fairly certain that an Elder Brain tried to probe my mind for information. At least I think that's what happened. Um, our minds kind of linked for a second, I'm going to guess. I could see some visions, but it was also trying to probe my mind for information. Um, in particular, who we are, the three of us, and I'm assuming Cyrus, you're included because you've been in my brain, where we are, and in particular, how we are resisting this thing. And it found all that out? No. No, it only found out where we are. That's why I'm more expedient about getting off of this planet in case someone's come. We saw how quick they moved with the, uh, giant worm. I'm a little confused. What exactly is the threat here? Mind flayers? Illithids? You see the illusion of him kind of cock an eyebrow. Miyagi haven't been in the system in basically as long as I'm aware. I guess it affects him too. Oh, shit. It seems like now that he's no longer in your brain, he's no longer protected by the bond that prevents your memories from being tampered with. Okay, um, Cyrus, th- this is going to be a very long story that I'll tell you another day. But for now, I actually need you more to focus on what information that we're going to now is important. What do we have to take with us? And what can be left behind, because we need to be uh, expedient when we get there. 
Well, it seems like the most pressing information was what you were sent to gather for Archon Nasticia, um, finding the the offices of actuary Galenus Polego, as it seemed that he seemed to have some sort of information regarding a conspiracy within the Kratorian Empire before its fall. Yes, that. Um, could you think about try to like work with the Modrons, anything you have here, try to find out the quickest way to get to Prolego's office so that we're not searching through the dark. I can certainly do that. Um, he he kind of like looks up to the left a little bit. Interesting. While my consciousness seems to have been transferred to the drone, I also seem to have inherited much of its databases. I will need a moment to search, but I should be able to point us at least in the general direction. Yes, that's that's a that's a fantastic fact. Um, that I will be much more happy about in about five minutes. He'll nod. I will see what I can find. Thank you. And he kind of buzzes slash walks off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a problem I'll deal with later. Um, the point being, all things considered, the only information that they got from my brain was where we are right now. They know that we are on Dilphos, they know that we're in the Lyceum Arcanus, and I'm assuming they have a quick means of travel. So, my hope is that we can contact Val and get her to pick us up right at that Prolego's office, and we can get off of this planet. Even with the storms? I'll be honest with you, considering the fact that the other part of all of that was learning the fall of the Kratorian Empire... Um, yes, I think that with the storm, it's probably worth the gamble. Alright. So, hopefully the storm has cleared up enough that they can do this. Um, but beyond that, I've, I think I've conclusively determined what ended the Kratorian Empire, and I can conclusively say that it was Mind Flayers, uh, destroying worlds, destroying suns, kid kidnapping entire civilizations and petty infighting amongst Kratorians about the Illithids, so... Well, yeah. Well, um... That's interesting. Um... Why are they still after us? Marco, go ahead and make me a retroactive uh, insight check. Okay. Okay, so that's a 19. Yeah. Um, one of the things that strikes you now that you're kind of like thinking back on it, kind of mulling everything over, was that the presence in your mind was not angry or malicious. It was intrigued, curious. So we, we all right, we have enough time right now. Um, I doubt that they can get to cross the galaxy and two seconds or two minutes so whatever this thing was it was very curious about this we intrigued it um i don't know why but it didn't seem malicious uh, okay i guess it seemed malicious but it didn't seem like particularly out to kill us but more wanting to know us to understand us like a scientist understands a puzzle well if it got to know us do you kind of have the idea that it wouldn't like us? I mean, because otherwise, I mean, I know elder brains aren't great, but if it's an elder brain, we need to kill it. 
Do we have any common interests? Do we share any hobbies? Right, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm going to probably side a little bit more with Ravnus on that one. No, from... yeah, of course. That's that's a silly thing. Well, with, with the visions that I had, I'm going to assume that they're going to try to do something like this with this civilization now, and um, well, I don't want that to happen. And it seems that this elder brain at least wants to know who we are, where we are, and how we're actually doing this in a way to, like, study us, dissect us, see what makes us tick. Which probably means that our brains would probably end up uh, on someone's laboratory. So I certainly would not want that. Yeah. And, uh, well, I saw Hannah um, in my vision. She actually helped me immensely out of whatever that was. Sorry? Yeah, Hannah Hannah showed up. She was first her um, familiar, and then she took form and um, mentioned something about someone letting her see or someone letting her do, and I can't remember. It started with an S. Um, I, I can't quite place it. She said that she pulled a lot of favors with the Sensates. Sensate? That Netflix show? <laughs> <laughs> Would I know what that is, Saker? Uh, not Saker, Nick. <laughs> Saker's yeah, the DM see, now. Yes. I've been yeah. usurped. You know, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, go ahead and make an Arcana check. Okay. Okay, so that's a fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, it, it sounds. You get the the impression that it's an organization but you can't quite place where you would have possibly heard or read the term before or where it might be from. All right, I'll stick with my, my previous names. Like, it's S, Sensate, something like that. I don't know. I, I guess I didn't take those classes. Okay, well, one more thing for you to do research on. That's fun and good. Um, Okay, well, that's, I guess, not something we should be concerned about at the moment. Right now, it's survival, right? Yes, um, yes, we... It is probably very imperative that we get to the Office of, Pro, of um, Actuary Prolego and get as much information as we can. I can... Okay, I'm, I'm rested enough, I can send a sending spell to Val to see if she can do a flyby. Yeah, you guys did get the full long rest. This happened late enough in the evening that you do all gain the benefits of a long rest. Because I am a kind and benevolent GM. Wow. Well, aren't you the sweetest? <laughs> I'm the GM, Nick, if you've forgotten. Shit. <laughs> You're playing Flapwood now. <laughs> well, jeez. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez, Rick. You gave me a jeez, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> well, jeez, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, while you guys are having this conversation a Modrin kind of like cuts through in the process of the same routine that all the Modrins have been doing for the last like all night wah, 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 as it runs through the middle of this tense conversation completely oblivious to anything going on um, well, I mean should we just uh, do we know which direction we're going I mean uh, if we're if we're all rested up then we should just get moving I was um I was going to go talk with um, Cyrus and Renzar to see, A, if Cyrus actually knows the exact location, then I can get the message out to Val, and then talk to Renzar to see if Renzar's uh, compatriots, if they're even alive, could join us. Okay. 
we also need to warn them, although I guess it's not as pressing about if the others get off planet and come for the Voidfarer. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. Sorry, I, um... You know, brain probing elder brain. It's more important. It, I mean, no, it's, uh... I, I, my mind was elsewhere. You're right. Totally, um... Uh, you think Kazaz could get off this planet? I mean, if, if he doesn't literally jump onto the Void Bear as we're leaving. I don't think there's any other way. Someone else could come here. He would have to defeat the giants and then also convince the dragons to take him. It's unlikely, but I guess not impossible. No, I don't want that guy to be alive anymore, but I mean, priorities. <laughs> um, either way, I'm going to go talk with Cyrus and Rinzar to see what I can do. I'll be right back. All right. Marco, you head over to go talk to Cyrus and Rinzar. When you go to do that, Merrick kind of sheepishly, a little bit nervously, comes over to talk to you, Flapwing. Okay. Hey, uh, Flap? Yeah, what's up? Are we going to talk about, like, is no one going to mention that, like, there's a ghost in the party now? Yeah! <laughs> he, like, gestures to the illusory form <laughs> of Cyrus, like, very nervously. Um, we should probably figure that out, huh? Do we talk to him about it? I mean, I I don't know anything about it. I'm like, I've always kind of been afraid of ghosts. So like... Well, I mean, he kind of was my friend first. So... <laughs> you were... Yeah, I was friends with a ghost. You, no big deal. You were friends with a ghost? You replaced me with a ghost? <laughs> no, it wasn't a... Re- I mean, it wasn't a good replace. No, it wasn't a replacement. Okay. Okay. You had me worried there for a well, second. Well, you replaced me, right? I mean, with the... Uh, no! Happy, come look, on. Look, happy is not nearly as good of a conversationalist. Well, okay. I guess de facto. All the ring guy wanted to talk about was scholarly stuff. Gross. Yeah, I know. Let's go... Well, I guess Marco's a good friend. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I'll go chat <laughs> with him. I'll see what's up. Yeah. Marco is, is heading over to talk to him and calling Rinzar over as well. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so this is kind of happening as Marco goes over and starts a conversation. So, Marco, you call Rinzar over to where Cyrus is hovering slash standing, quote unquote. He seems to enjoy having the illusory form up because it makes him feel like he actually has a body. <laughs> Rinzar is going to come over and kind of eye Cyrus a little nervously. Um, who is this? Oh, um, okay, so um, you know how I sometimes talk to myself? Oh, yes. I didn't want to mention it. I didn't know if it was a thing or I didn't oh, want to no. be insensitive about it. Oh, no, don't worry. This is who I've been talking to. Oh, this is Cyrus. Um, he was actually in a ring that I was wearing, um, but we were able to get it out of him and put it in one of these things. Rinzar will nod his eyebrows raised with surprise and goes, oh, well, pleasure to meet you, Cyrus. Um, I'm Rinzar. And Cyrus, like, the the drone, like, rotates to look at Rinzar. Pleasure's all mine. And you could hear it, like, Cyrus's voice sounds the same as it did when it was in your head, but it's now, like, modulated by the whirring sound of the librarian drone, sounding a little bit like Dex did. Yeah, bring back Dex! Sorry, I was playing the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we could turn him into Psydex. <laughs> That's, that is kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
you know, I just got tired of forgetting that both of them existed, so I just combined them into one, so I only need to forget that one character exists. Classic GM move. <laughs> all right, so um, either way, it's, a, it, you know, pleasures all around, you know, handshakes and whatnot, but uh, we got pressing issues. Um, Renzar. Yes. Who in your team is most likely to survive a Kazath attack? Um, well, Heron and uh, Bralmira were the, the, the two most seasoned fighters um, apart from myself. Although I'm obviously no good not with them currently. Well, It sounds as if uh, some terrible fate befell them, whether they were killed or if they're simply captured. I can't really say um, Kazath is predictable in things like that. Well... We might need to get off of this planet in a hurry, and I doubt we'll be able to swing around. Um, there is a potential that a force that has been hunting the Voidfarer could be coming here. That's what I saw in my vision. And if they come, we won't be able to pick up your friends unless they're where we are. So it was kind of a idea of at least try to maybe contact them, see if they can make it to where we're going. I don't have a way of contacting them. But don't you? I do. The reason I came to you was more asking which one is most likely to survive an attack. So it's it's kind of like if you didn't think Heron was that great of a fighter, I'd contact Bramira if you thought... Well, it sounds like Bramira betrayed Heron and sold them out to Kazath. So, but in any case... Heron is probably the one that has the greatest chance of being alive, if not for being the best fighter of the group, um, simply being the leader. He may have simply been taken prisoner rather than slain. Okay. Um, all right, so I'll try to cast Sending right now. Um, so I will. I'll use my archive instead of my spell slots for this. Um, to Heron. Casting to Heron. Um, Heron, this is Marco. Are you alive? Can you move? There's a pause. Then you hear. Can't talk. Being watched. Okay, so I'm going to cast sending one more time. Same with the archive. We need to get off of this planet in a hurry. If you want to survive, you need to get to the office of actuary Galenus Prolego in the catacomb district it's your only chance and that's all I got there's another pause and you hear don't know who that is I'm being held can't go nowhere good information alright I can't I can't go back to him so I'm gonna leave it at that um cause I wanna save some some sendings um I got one more left on this thing, and I got the my regular spell slot, so I'm going to like, okay. I'm going to take that to Ravnus in a second. Um, I'm going to look to... Um, excuse me. I'm going to look to Cyrus and say, Cyrus, um, based on the information that you have in your map, were you able to find the actuary's office? Uh, yes. Uh, not the specific office, but I have discovered the co-op complex that he was um, staying and conducting his research in. It's a complex in the Catacomb District that was commonly rented out to many independent researchers for a living and a study and research space. Okay, good, fantastic. Keep that information. 
Um, I will be right back. And I'm going to go straight to Ravnus. And hopefully right. Flapwing is close by. Yeah, totally. Yeah, probably. Okay, um, Flapwing, Ravnus, let's let's communicate. Um, Merrick's there too with with Flapwing, by the way. And I'm just hey, like, um, okay. I was just about to go talk to the ghost. Oh yes. Um, one second though, because this is actually kind of important. Okay, what's up? So, I have two bits of information for you now. Number one. I have a general location, thanks to Cyrus being the specter that he is, that we know where the general office is. It shouldn't be too hard to look through the catacomb district and at least find it. However, I've also found out that Heron is still alive, and he's currently being held, assumedly by Kazas group. That would make sense. So I think we have a couple of decisions to make here on what we do. You're thinking about splitting us up? I think that's the most logical answer, yes. Um, if myself, if Cyrus can give me the location on the map and I took someone else who's more adept at martial prowess, maybe Renzar, we can go and collect as much information as we can, and you all could potentially go and save Heron. And also make sure that Kazath um, can't deal with us I mean anymore. You know, he won't be a problem for us anymore. If you want martial prowess, why don't you just take Ravnus, and then, I don't know, I could go along with you. I need to deal with Kazath. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, that was my, my thought. Or, option two, we... Okay, there's three options I see here. Option one is we split up. Like that, I take at least one person with me just as a guard, since I'm squishy once I, um, you know, I'm out of spells. Um, option two, we all go and save Heron, we give up on whatever's in that actuary's office, and we kill Kazath together as a collective entity. Or option three, we go and collect the information in the actuary's office, and we leave Heron and whoever's left behind, and also potentially leave Kazath alive to do whatever he's going to do in the future. We don't need all of us to kill Kazath. I almost did it. Almost on my own. Is this something that you'd want to do alone, Ravnus? It would probably be better if I took a few people with me, but oh. it didn't seem like anyone was going to fight particularly hard for him. I just didn't know if it was an honor thing or... Well, the idea being, I mean... Okay, so let's let's try to do this optimally then. At least my thought pattern is that... I just need someone, at least one person there as a bodyguard. Most of the action is going to be centered on you all. So they're not going to really be paying attention to me. At the same time, too, there's white dragons flying around. So if me and one other person get caught by a dragon, we're pretty well um, screwed. I mean, same thing, too. If we split our group up 50-50, there's also the chance that, uh, well, um, there's a chance that dragons and Kazath could be the both of, could do in the both of us. So I don't... I don't know. I mean, Ravnus, you're better at fighting than I am. I mean, do you have any insight that I don't? They were going to do that attack today, right? They were. Yeah. Well, that was Kazath's original plan. You don't know if that plan has changed since your interaction. But Marco, you also know that the entity that probed your brain now knows where you guys all are. And you don't know when or how big of a force it will send, if any. 
And, okay, the other problem is is that, yes, the creature is coming, so expediency would be preferable. Okay, well, uh, uh, Ravnus, Marco, uh, you guys get up in front of everyone, your team captains, and then just pick Marco, you first, and then Ravnus, you second, and uh, we'll form teams, yeah? That makes the most logical sense to me. If that's what you want to do, then I think that's good. With smaller groups, with the dragons, we might be able to move faster. We got split up a lot with them anyway. Okay. So, yeah, I think we're going to do this. You guys are really going to split the party on me? Okay, here we go. Cowabunga it I, is. I, <laughs> I suggested everyone going to one place, and then I was shot down. I was like, this would make a much Thank better you, podcast. But... <laughs> We're no longer podcasting. Like, we're playing I, D&D, listen, baby. Baby. My birthday gift to Nick is challenging him creatively. <laughs> Me and Tom are going to have a long conversation after this session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and hermit whose isolation has slowly been chipping away at his sanity as he sequesters himself lest he spread his pestilence to the masses. I have been locked inside with COVID for the last week and it's starting to get to me. Thanks for listening to this 13th episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. Now with a new single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derail team just sits around and chats about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thank you for listening. Visit patreon.com slash projectderailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. I see the numbers, and I know not all of you are listening to Cape Chronicles, our new Masks a New Generation podcast, and I would like to ask, what are you waiting for? Fiona and myself, along with our friends Roger, Chelsea, and GM Cliff, are getting into teenage superhero hijinks one issue at a time. You can always catch new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month. Stick around for a trailer at the end of the show. Vables Around the Table, she, playing the death metal-inspired RPG Morkborg, is still in full swing. GM Chelsea Rexinger leads Garrett and Elise and Josh on a gnarly tale of blood, flesh, and bone in this chapter of Fables Around the Table. Check out new episodes the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Come hang out with us over on the Project Derail Community Discord, where we're always hanging out, chatting about RPGs and video games, sharing pet pictures, and getting into Music League now, where people pick songs? I don't know, I just started doing it. So head over to projectderail.com discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwaite, with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer lands on Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. See you then.
Uh, I mean, Ravnus really wants to do this plan. I, uh, I don't think it's the best plan, but I think that Ravnus wants to do it. <laughs> I think this is the logic makes the most logical sense, so I'm going to say split the party. Don't you know you never split the party? <laughs> uh, myself and Marco can be convinced otherwise. This is not like a dead set thing. <laughs> I, I, I think we're doing it. I think we're splitting the party. All right, let's go. Let's yeah. let's just commit. We're here. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm trying to write down everybody that we have with us just so I have it in my like in front of me. It is the three of you: Roxana, Merrick, Brohane, Ezerath, Rinzar, Scriv, and now Cyrus. All right. Um. Yeah, I kind of want Ezerath and Scriv. He's the healer. Yeah. Brohane can heal too. Um. But if you really wanted Scriv, because he can record a bunch, but you kind of have Cyrus for that too. Yeah, now that I have Cyrus here, Cyrus actually kind of replaced Scriv in terms of like my <laughs> my second. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you too, Marco. <laughs> He's gonna do the like really mean poems to heal you now. <laughs> Slam poetry. There once was a na- man named Marco who fucking sucks. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I mean that with all loving affection. I love Scrib to death, but bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> have you been in my brain for like months at this point? <laughs> we have a we have like a connection. It's real. Um, Cyrus and Rinzar, I think, is what the two that like Marco would want. Okay. Um, who's gonna get picked last, and why is it Merrick? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, well, well you American know what? Luckbeak are kind of a yes, package deal. We are, deal, I we are standing like. on each other's shoulders Let's... during the uh, the selection process. <laughs> it's How like about we're this? one person? <laughs> um, since Flapwing is not a party to this, Flapwing, which one would you rather go with, Marco or Ravnus? Oh my god, I just had a vision of Ravnus and Marco putting Luckbeak in the center, <laughs> like in those videos with dogs, oh. where they see, like, <laughs> they love them most. Oh, Mom and dad are divorcing, and I have to choose whose house to go to. <laughs> but, uh, they, in this case, like, not even in character, though, but, like, Saker, whichever one seems more into, I'm not gonna be offended. I, um, you could take... Uh, well, let's, I'll go fight over Lord Dump. Okay, so Flapwing and Merrick comes with Marco. No. No, fight, oh, fight, fight over. over the yeah, Lord yeah. Dump. Oh, I thought it was yeah. like, we're going to fight over it like we're wrestling oh, with Oh, no, books. no, no, yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. cool. Try that extra I was attack. surprised <laughs> that you took. Uh, okay, so then I have Ezra, Scriv, Merrick, Luckbeak, and who else did we bring? Um, and I have Brohane, Roxana, Renzar, and Cyrus. Okay, that sounds even. Yeah. Um, considering that you all are in a fight, I'm willing to at least give Brooke, Rohan or Roxana over to you, because I think you're probably going to fight more than me. I mean, I, that could be wrong, but I feel like you're guaranteed to fight. I might fight. Yeah, um, I'll take Roxana if you don't want her. <laughs> take, honestly, that makes the most sense to me. Roxana is probably the okay. best fighter behind Ravnus. Yeah, okay, so then, um... Ravnus's team is Ravnus, Azarascriv, Merrick, Luckbeak, Roxana. And I mean, this makes sense for, for Mark. Marco has Cyrus, Renzar, Brohane has Era, which we can just store all the books we want into that booty. 
Ira, Ira has not been with you guys um, because she could not fit down the ladder. But uh, if you ask Brohane about it, he says that she'll be able to find him once he's in a place that she can get to. Okay. So <laughs> after this schoolyard pickup, Nick, are you cool with this? I don't. I don't want to move forward with this. If you like, really I'm fine hate with this idea. <laughs> no, I'm fine with this. Okay. This uh, 100% a curveball based on my notes, but <laughs> uh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We got you like excited, kind of. Deal. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. I was not expecting a party split. I'm excited. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> all right. So, um, Marco says, um, all right. So, myself, Cyrus, Renzaw, and Brohane will go to the catacomb district. We will look for as much information as we can and try to get a signal out to Val. And then we will get onto the Void Fair and swing around to pick you all up. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll try to find Kazath and, uh, I mean, hopefully he was taken out already by the giants and the dragons. You can save Heron, deal with the problem, and we can get off this damn planet. More or less. Right, um... Well, this is weird. I don't think I've ever really, like, been away from you two since, you know, everything happened. Cue the sad music. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You're gonna be okay, bud. We have our weird ritual thing if all else fails. Alright, um... Don't worry, we'll find you. Um, but we'll get on our way, and I'm going to get a contact out to Val to tell, us, tell her to pick us up as quick as possible. If for some reason you're out of weave and you can't get in touch with us, sending us one HP is the ping for I need help. One HP. Yep. Understood. <laughs> I mean, you do You do also now have a telepathic Oh, yeah, I forgot we could do that. That is limited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still sending one HP. Okay. And then saying... <laughs> I would enjoy assistance. Okay. <laughs> Good. Send me one dollar on Venmo with a please help me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Good luck. Good luck. A Modrin bumps into the back of your legs, Marco, and goes blah blah blah, and just turns forty-five degrees and walks off. It's like a little Roomba. Yeah. I would like to think that that's Modrin for good luck. <laughs> It might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, real quick, before we finish, may I send my sending to Val? Yes. Now, you, you do have the sending stone. You don't need to burn slots. To yeah. To Good reminder. Thank you. So I'm pulling up the sending stone. Say, Val, Val, this is Marco. Come in. <laughs> uh, Val, Val says, uh, Marco, good to hear from you. How are things going down there? Listen, we ran into a bit of problems. We're going to need to pick up as soon as possible. How's the storm looking? Well, it is still present, but Johannes seems to think that we might be approaching the back edge of it, so it might be clear by the end of the day. Is there any way you can cut that down? This is kind of... Ex we have giants and dragons down here, and this could potentially get ugly. It's possible, but if we dive into the blizzard too soon we could risk damage to the void fair that might slow us down or even prevent us from leaving the atmosphere i understand as soon as you can get down here please do so um the group actually got separated i can tell you where some of us are and then we're going to need to swing around and get the others 
Well, you didn't make it easy on me. Um, we'll see what we can do. Um, stay safe down there. And let me know um, the minute you can when you have landmarks for us to use to pick you up. Um, hold on, actually. Cyrus, can you give me at least the general location, like, you know, kind of like coordinates? There is a plaza at the base of the dam that would be a convenient spot for a pickup from the uh, catacomb district. So, at the base of the dam in the catacomb district, you should be able to see it from the sky. That's where we're going to be. As soon as it clears, you should be able to see it. Val is going to say, All right, I'll wait for your signal. Best of luck up there. Same to you down there. Please don't get shot down. So, um, you guys are on this librarian hub. There are like kind of like docking alcoves all around the outer edge of the circular platform in the middle of this giant domed cavern with the circular groove tracks that head out basically in every direction, entering tunnels at the base of this dome structure. As the dome comes down to form a wall, um, these tracks form perfectly circular tunnels that head off in each direction. The platform that you arrived on is still there. It is still glowing with energy, and all of the... uh, There are a handful of other platforms docked already, and it seems that them being connected to the hub has imbued them with magical energy, which means you do not need to spend spell slots to activate them. You only need to spend cantrips to propel them. Okay. Handcart style, you know, every six seconds, you know. Gonna do the cantrip mage hand. Makes uh, it even better. <laughs> yep. A little hand. So um, Cyrus can tell you which track to take. That'll take you to the catacomb district. But Ravnus, uh, you and your group, um, which way are you going? Are you just going back the way you came, or um, are you going to try and find a different route? Um, I think that they're going generally back the way that they came um, and trying to move in the direction of the last idea of where they were going to be going, which was to uh, fight the uh, the giants and the dragons and stuff. Okay. So you're not trying to go to, are you trying to go to like Kazath's lair or are you trying to just like meet them wherever they were going to try to fight the giants and dragons? Oh, yeah, I guess we do know where Kazar's Slayer... Uh, they're going to go to Kazar Slayer then, I guess. Okay. Um, so you conferring with Cyrus before you guys all split, he can actually point you to a track that heads to the Cliffspan, um, a district in the southwest of the city, which is where Kazar's camp is located. Uh, yeah, they're going to go in that direction then. Sounds good. So you guys find a platform... And you all load up on it. It's in much the same state as the one you arrived on. And you see that there's a glowing sigil in the front. Already glowing. Just ready to take off as soon as you pump some cantrips into it. Which Ravnus you have. Um, and you know that Ezerath and Scriv and Flapwing all can do that. Uh, yeah, Ravnus is going to put some cantrips into it. Sure. Since just she's mage, team mage captain. Hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and Scriv will help as well. So, like, because you can each only cast one every six seconds, so you kind of get into a rhythm of, like, you know, you guys take turns casting so you can pump more into it than just one every six seconds, and that gets you guys up to a pretty good speed. Okay. Marco, you, Cyrus, Rinzar, and Brohane go over to the other cart, and actually all four of you have the ability to cast cantrips, so it's no problem to get you guys up to speed as well. All right, yeah. Gonna sing, uh, like, 
mining shanties, I guess, with Brohane. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, so we're, we're on our way. Um, Brohane's just going to be like, I've never had much of a singing voice. I need to be at least four pints in. <laughs> <laughs> so. I wish I knew one, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys go your separate ways and each take off from separate carts to leave these squad of Modrins continuing to tinker away as if you were never there. <laughs> was there was there a secret to the Modrins that we never discovered, Nick? I don't know. No. Oh, <laughs> I hope they fix something really cool. Yeah. So you guys each head down your respective tracks. Let's follow Team Marco first. Okay. Um, so the four of you, Marco, Cyrus, Rinzar, and Rohan. Cyrus has flown his little drone down to nestle into one of the few intact racks. Otherwise, he would need to be like trying to fly at the same speed as the cart, which doesn't seem possible. But what's funny is, is that he set the orb down onto one of the racks, but his illusory self kind of takes the position as if he's sitting in a chair that's not actually there. And he crosses his legs. <laughs> and he will, like, lazily um, toss some firebolts <laughs> okay. at the sigil in time with you, Marco, to help propel along. Everyone be sure to keep him, give him room. Yeah. Um, no, so the way the sigil works is it seems to absorb the magic really before the the, the actual spell effect occurs. So you okay. basically just see like a little flash of orange that doesn't even turn into fire because the the uh, the sigil just kind of slurps it up. Okay. So yeah, and you guys speed down the track. Cyrus will say that it'll take probably about um, an hour to get where you're going. An hour, okay. Is there anything that you guys want, or Marco, that you wanted to <laughs> discuss with your team uh, before you arrive? Okay, so whenever we get there, the place that we're looking for is the office of Actuary Galanus Prolego. Once we get there, essentially, um, I will do most of the searching, so will Cyrus, because Cyrus, um, you also are familiar uh, with everything going on around here. Rinzar and Brohane, try to do everything you can to keep an eye out for us. And also, um, if there's something small, like an owlbear, try to keep it off of us before we get there. If it's a dragon, please let us know so we can hide, I guess, is the plan. Cyrus is going to say, um, the catacomb district is mostly subterranean. Oh. So we should be outside of reach of the dragons for the most part. Okay, that's... Oh, that's fantastic then. Um, okay, so we don't have to worry about dragons, I guess... You know, I'm not even sure what we're going to find in here anymore. I mean, giants could have just taken up nests there. Who, who knows? So just uh, keep an eye out. All right. Uh, certainly keep an eye out. Um, where's Ira? Is, is Ira going to be able to make it over there? I'm hoping so. She can move pretty quickly when she wants to. She can leap pretty far. Um, almost 100 feet in a single bound. Um, and she should be able to lock onto my location and come find us. Uh, I imagine that she's been directly above us most of the time. So once we arrive where we're going to be, it may only be a matter of time before she pops up. Well, other than that, I guess I say, um, let's do this as quick as we can so that we can at least get this done and over with and maybe we can either get the ship or get our friends I don't know oh by the stars I don't even know um 
this is a good idea or what? Rinzar will nod and like, it is certainly risky, but we have to do what we have to do. If the stakes are as dire as you're making them out to be, then we have to make the best of it. Yes, there's, um, I fear that whenever my nose was bleeding, a great power probed my brain in a horrific way, and they have a very powerful army with them. And they could be coming to get me in particular, and then, well, probably all of us, but... Why was it you specifically? <sighs> I don't even know. Um, can I make a check on that? Yeah. Um, you go ahead and make uh, an arcana check. Um, Brohane is going to say, uh, only you are the one wearing the ring of mind shielding. N- none of us were. Just to take a guess. Um, before I check the roll, I was like, well, I'm... The other two are psionic, but... Well, okay, I I rolled a 25. Yeah. Um, You would know that if the way this thing's senses work, the way you think they do, the bigger the well of knowledge that a mind holds, the bigger blip on the radar, basically. Not dissimilar than, like, how the Neothalids hunted when you were on the vizier. Okay, so... Now, it stands to reason that this thing could have potentially found the three of you through Ravnus and Luckbeak. It was just much harder. Um, And you removing your ring of mind shielding put a big fat blip on its radar right away. Okay, so I'm going to say to my my lovely compatriots, um, well, at first I thought it was maybe psionic abilities, but then you're right. I mean, not everyone in our party is psionic, or naturally psionic, I should stress. I had the ring of mind shielded on. My guess is whatever this creature is, it senses brain waves. And, well, out of, you know, everyone here, I would say that I would probably have at least the strongest brain waves sends you know, not not to insult anybody in terms of intelligence, just you know, I mean, I went to I went to try to get my doctorate in wizardry, and so stands to reason. But um, <laughs> either way, um, yeah, I think that essentially it just kind of read me. It, like as soon as the ring was off, it was like, ooh, that looks, I don't know, appetizing. Am I making any sense? Uh, I think so. Um, I mean, as much sense as any of this makes at least at least you have a working theory I mean it's the I guess the best that I got I mean I'm out of everyone in the party I probably have the highest intelligence so it stands to reason that the second the ring was off it was just like a big poom like you're listening to Morse code and suddenly just bam (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah you guys continue to travel down the tracks all right Team Ravnus. Yeah, we're partying. Um, the fun team. The party. The party yeah, boat. Yeah, we got our <laughs> We're all wearing sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Just head bobbing in unison. Yeah, Night at the Roxbury. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, you you don't know exactly how long this is going to take, but um, if it's like the the travel over, it's going to be at least the better part of an hour. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, 
when as you're traveling, uh, Ezerath is going to approach you, Ravenous. Um, and she's going to say, So, we're finally going to put an end to this asshole. Hopefully. At the very least, we can try to rescue some people. Sounds good to me. Um, I've been meaning to ask you, has Rinza talked to you about anything? Yeah, he has. He asked uh, my opinion of you, too. Did he know? Yeah, I hope that that was all right. She doesn't say anything for a second. And then she says, what did you say? I said yes. She nods. What did you say? I didn't yet. I'm conflicted. If what he says is true, it means that much of what I grew up learning is not, or at the very least, is not exactly the whole truth, at least. What do you mean? As a Githzerai, we are taught that the Githyanki are ruthless, brash, pillagers, and pirates. And that the pirates of Gith are even worse because they lack the militaristic structure of the Githyanki. And worse, they recruit Githzerai, corrupting them to their depravity and to their ruthless ways. Well, has that been true so far? No. And it's made me question a lot of what I grew up believing. And now Rinzar speaks of this Sasha coup, which I was only ever taught were zealots of some foolish cause. Fools that believe that the Githzerai and the Githyanki are not so different, that they are only a matter of changing our minds and we could unify against the Illithids. It seems like fantasy. And I'm not so sure anymore. Well, it doesn't hurt to try. She nods. And she says, I... I'm beginning to think that you're right. Because if I'm wrong, then I simply go back to the Githzerai, atone for my mistakes, and that is it. But if the Shasaku is what Rinzar claims it to be, then perhaps it could be all the difference in eradicating the squids. I don't think that you were so wrong about the pirates of Gith. They're pretty awful. Well, that makes me feel a little better. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it would. But I... I don't know. I think that if your goals are similar to mine, and I think that they are, then that seems like an okay move to make. She nods. I judged you harshly and prematurely when we first met. I just wanted to say I'm sorry for that. It's alright. I think I tried to kill you when we first met, so... I think you did. It's fine. You tried, at least, she says with a smirk. 
We can call it even, I think. Fair enough. And she extends a hand. And Ravnish shakes it. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and they put their sunglasses back on. And <laughs> that moment is punctuated with a herking sound as Merrick is doubled over the side of the cart, just puking. Hey, bud. Are you okay? This, all of this is, I, I kept it down on the way there, but like not used to this. I think I need to sit in the front. That way I can see it coming and it's like, it's just. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to activate my necklace of adaptation so I don't have to smell it. <laughs> Best use of a D&D magic item. <laughs> All right. So, Team Marco, you guys, as you're traveling, you pass station after station, and um, these these like little like hubs, these miniature versions of the librarian hub in the center, this like side docking with like the mechanism that hangs down, designed to extract librarian drones from the cart, um, and after passing a handful of these, traveling for about an hour, Cyrus will say, "I believe the next one is our stop." Okay, fantastic. Um, ooh, you know, casting mage and over and over is a bit of a workout. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's going to say, uh, yes, um, I am still getting used to the concept of casting spells at all. Um, honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that this even worked. I am too, but you know, I mean, it seems like the, uh, the librarians actually have a great amount of magical energy to them. Yes, uh, I always was impressed by them, and it seems that we're kind of stretching the, the limitations of what they're capable of, but um, I'm just thrilled that um, it's given me some sort of autonomy again. Like, your company was great, don't get me wrong, but it's nice to be able to interact with others. He says, kind of gesturing to Rinzar and Brohain, which, like, Brohain seems still a little uncomfortable <laughs> with like, <laughs> the, the idea. Like, you guys did introductions and everything, and Brohain just kind of, like, Sheepishly waves. <laughs> yes, so this I mean, is the uh, like he's gonna say. So this was the guy that was in your head, like since vizier. Oh yes, yes, of course. I mean, kept my counsel all that time. I don't, I don't know what I was uh, picturing, but uh, it wasn't that. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I wasn't even expecting it too until we went into the one machine. Um, but you know, it's nice. You know, it's nice to have a good, a new friend, and you know, I can put a name to the face and everything um yeah uh the cart eventually slows and you stop at uh this platform and you see that there's the tube similar to the one that you yeeted yourself down um that extends upward there's another little terminal that alights to your touch and rungs kind of pop out of the wall of the uh ascending tube this terminal in particular will take us up into the atrium of the complex that uh, the offices and study of Actuary Galanus Prolego will be located. Oh, fantastic. Well, I mean, I'm even more glad that you became a librarian because now it means, you know, we just know where everything is. I mean, trying to talk with Dex before it was very challenging sometimes. Yes, um, the inherent personalities of the librarian drones are very rudimentary they're simply only there um to be a conduit for the conveyance of information um where i am an actual person that can articulate and think and surmise and 
I'm sentient and they are not. Exactly. I mean, it's perfect. Um, okay, let's get let's get rolling then. Here we go. Yeah, you guys ascend. Um, and Cyrus will actually add, and um, if we have the time, um, this complex is actually going to be located directly next to the catacombs itself. If there's any um, important information that we wanted to try and gather while we're here. Oh, you gotta tip me. Because, really? Um, okay, well, we need to focus on the job at hand, but if we have the time, I mean, there's got to be lots of information in there, very valuable information, so, yeah. Um, alright, let's focus on the task at hand, and then we can go there, because, uh, well, we do have, a, like, a lich that is attacked, attached to this mission, so. Having known Archon Nastasia in life, I wouldn't recommend upsetting her. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought so too. Especially since now she can eat souls, so you know it's. Yes, but... it's a little upsetting. Alright, so um, let's get to it. So uh, Cyrus, lead the way. I'll be right behind you. Yep. Um, so Cyrus, while ascending, he's dispelled his illusion because I think he probably rationalized that animating himself climbing a ladder probably wasn't going to look good no matter how he cut it. <laughs> so it's just the, the the glowing purple orb. So there's this purple light that kind of illuminates the entire area as Cyrus leads the way up. And eventually you guys all get to the top. As you guys approach, you see that light kind of pours down from the top as the pillar of the librarian terminal splits the way the one you entered through did, and you're able to climb out into a large atrium type room. Wow, okay, this is beautiful. Um, Alright, Cyrus, do you have any idea of where to go next? I mean, my records are incomplete, but I believe that the actuary would be located up on the third floor of, of this complex. And where is the actual catacombs itself? The catacombs would be located adjacent and below. Okay, okay. The catacombs are actually quite extensive. They actually extend below the reservoir to the east, but most of the information should be consolidated in cognition shards that would be located not far away from here. Basically, just below the base of the dam. I don't want to split us up any more than we already are, so, um... Let's at least get to the actuary's office first. And then... Yep. And you can actually see through some like big arched windows in here um, that you are basically in a building that is located at the foot of the massive curved dam located at the eastmost end of the city. Um, and uh, ice and snow have come down and it looks like part of that dam has breached and frozen over, uh, but it does like tower above. But you see that there are a set of staircases that ascend to the higher levels okay so yeah we start making our way up um do i sense any danger uh make a perception check it's gonna be a no um or no it's there's just a chill breeze coming through here um you see that the light outside is is bright um but still hazy um the the light of the sun coming through the thick atmosphere and the still swirling blizzard as it passes above the rift that this uh city is nestled in but you don't see any signs of danger and it doesn't look like there's any way for giants or dragons to fit into this space from the outside Gotcha. Okay. So, moving on um, up to just keep following Cyrus for the time being. Yep. 
yeah, he's going to lead the way up up the stairs. I'm just ignoring the first two floors and going directly up to the third. Um, the the staircases are completely enclosed, which means that um, they're pretty devoid of accumulation of snow. Um, a little ice in some places, but not bad enough that it impedes your climb. Okay. Um, and you're a little winded when you get to the top because uh, you just w- basically ran up three flights of stairs. But you eventually get to the top and you see this big circular tower. Um, it's not laid out too dissimilarly than the towers of the Grand Quadrivium, but it is a wider tower, but not nearly as tall. Like you're up three floors and you think it'll maybe only only go up another, you know, three or four. Okay. Um, and as you exit this spiral staircase, you find yourself in a circular antechamber. And then there are doors off of it all the way around. And you imagine each door is into a like apartment and lab suite. Um, that an, um, a scholar would have rented out for living and research space. Okay. And it does look like there was labels on the doors at one point, but none of them have survived. Didn't think so. Um, so looking at um, Cyrus, I say, I assume that you're not sure which of these particular doors he was uh, renting. Unfortunately, the records contained on this particular drone were incomplete in that matter. I think the directory was only as thorough as directing someone to the floor, and they would have to rely on the local signage to assess from there. Okay, um, so this actually looks like a good place to kind of at least set something up. So, um, Brohain Renzo, for the time being, just, um... Stay here and just try to make sure that uh, nothing surprises us. Cyrus and I will look around the area for uh, any signs of the Prolego's office. All right, sounds good. Renzar will nod. Got drinks or rations. Now's the time to uh, stock yourselves up. Don't have to fucking tell me <laughs> twice. He pulls out a flask. <laughs> he offers some to Renzar. <laughs> Rinzar take it. Rinzar does take it. He makes oh. a face. That is <clears throat> very um <clears throat> smooth. <laughs> I guess I'll probably make a perception check or an investigation check to like Go ahead. Go ahead and make an investigation check. Okay. I was hoping you'd say that one. Oh, Nat 20. Nat 20. Nice. That's 28. Yeah, there is a dozen rooms all all the way around. And you can narrow it down to two. Okay. One, because you can see that uh, one of the doors is intact. Like, the wood door does not seem to have been affected by time. Okay. And the other door is ajar slightly, and you can see what looks like shelves of books and parchment that are also intact. And the other thing is, is you can see objects floating in the air defying gravity small specks that you can't quite make out the details of from here but something very clearly magical happening over there okay looking at the two um the second one looks to be at least more animating so i think i'm gonna eyes will be drawn to it i'm heading for that one um yeah you walk in and push the door open more and you feel like little like clinks of something striking the wood lightly um and you see little black pieces of almost looks like obsidian 
but they're not as shiny. Um, the little black pieces of crystal or some sort of mineral that are just floating in the air, different sizes, some a couple centimeters in diameter, some even smaller than that, um, but they like jet, jet, jet black, like venti black. But what's strange is when the light hits them a certain way, the light almost seems to come through it as if it's like a smoky piece of glass and you see little like glimmering almost looks like stars through it. But when you look at it, when the light is in front of it, it looks like it absorbs all light. Like it's just black. You can't even make out the the, the ridges of the detail on it. And you see uh, as you step in, there looks like a, like a large jug of some sort has shattered on the floor. I'm going to reach into my bag and I'm going to pull out like, uh, let's see here, like pull out like a copper piece uh-huh. And I'm just going to, like, chuck it at one of them. Yeah. Um, go ahead and make an attack roll. Uh, <laughs> Using um, your dexterity. That's slightly better. Uh, that's an eight. An eight? Um, yeah. So you missed the one you were aiming for, but it does travel through it. And they're hanging in the air with enough thickness that it does strike a couple on its way down. And it does hit. And you hear like a clink, almost like the metal hits like glass or crystal. And the the momentum from the coin hitting it does seem to be transferred into these objects as they kind of shoot across the air. Not dropping with gravity, but just shooting in the direction that the coin, like the angular momentum that the coin gave them until they hit the wall and kind of bounce off floating and spinning. Um, it seems like they're just floating weightless. Nothing else in the room is, just these little black crystals. Cyrus, what do you think these are? I've never seen anything like them. Actually, what did you get on your... Oh, you got a nat 20 on your investigation? Yeah. All right, so I'll just... I'll, I'll lump this into this. Um, you see that that seems to have been attached to the neck of the jug that has shattered on the floor um, is a rolled-up scroll that seemed to be tied to, the, like, the, the handle of the jug. I will pick up the scroll, carefully unravel it. Yep, it is small. Um, it rolled up is only maybe about uh, seven inches wide. And you unroll it, and it unrolls to about 12 inches, and it is a, a lengthy letter. Um, written in Cretorian, um, preserved quite nicely. Um, it seems as if it's written on magical parchment and ink in in the way that like a, a spell scroll or the pages of a spell book would be. But it just seems like a mundane letter. Lengthy, but a letter. Um... Does it seem to have any arcane property? Um, with your with your nat twenty investigation, uh, no. Apart from it being written on magic paper and ink, um, it doesn't appear to be like a glyph awarding or anything like that. Um, you would be able to to know there would be like a sigil involved if that was the case. Um, it appears as if this was just written by a mage who only kept <laughs> magic paper and ink. Um, because perhaps they were from a time where such things were cheap and plentiful. Does it say anything interesting? Yeah, you can read it. It's entirely in Cretorian. Um, I'm going to read, read it. it. Yeah. It says, Dearest Aeolus, thank you again for the generous sample of Cinder Shard. I wasted no time immediately conducting some experiments, and I'm sure you will be happy to hear my initial findings verify your own. It does indeed share many uncanny properties with the ether between spheres, the phlogiston. Your proposed scientific classification for the mineral, phlogisterite, may indeed have some merit after all. Yes, I know I owe you mead the next time I visit Crotspace. But anyway, it does seem that as ice is to water, Cinder Shard is a solid state of phlogiston. 
Based on my experience, this change of state does not seem to correlate to temperature, however may be instead keyed to another stimuli. The presence of arcane potential, perhaps? That is something I intend to test. Another facet I am eager to understand is, if the substance is indeed solidified phlogiston, why is it able to exist within wild space of a crystal sphere when the vaporous phlogiston always vanishes? And that does not even begin to examine how the application developed by Professor Arterforge utilizes the material's innate properties. Storage of memory is a fascinating discovery, but it brings me great unease that the man has not published his thoughts or experimentation that led to such a discovery. I know your empire is moving forward with adopting the use of these cognition crystals in the Lyceum Iconis, but do be careful if you end up working with him more moving forward. But I digress. As you can clearly tell from my stream of consciousness rambling, I am eager to conduct more of my own experimentation on this curious mineral from Crotspace. And as we agreed, I have sent you equal measure of my own sphere's curiosity, fragments of the Shivered One. The arcanists and mineralogists of the United Worlds of Delroic have studied these fragments of our once primordial star beast for generations, and I personally feel at high time a scholar of renown from another sphere take a look. They are all category two and three fragments, none larger than a few centimeters each, and a far cry from the truly massive category nine or 10 fragments that drift Oort space, the size of asteroids or even moons. Being the fragments of ancient star beast, which has long been known to be composed of a similar material to crystal spheres, the substance exhibits unique properties. What you will undoubtedly find is while the fragments do indeed have mass, they are completely unaffected by gravity, immune to gravitational planes, and likewise generating no gravitational plane themselves. This means they also do not generate envelopes of atmosphere. Lastly, the substance is completely immune to magical effects and absolutely indestructible, the hardest tools and weapons leaving nary a scratch. It is still unknown what force of the cosmos sundered the Shivered One, but it is my hope that studying the fragments left behind will eventually help us understand what befell the Colossus that once held each of the worlds in Oort space eons ago. Any aid you can provide will be appreciated, and in turn, I will gladly provide a second set of eyes to further understanding the nature of your cinder shard, or phlogisterite, as I suppose we should now be calling it. I look forward to visiting you again soon. Perhaps you can take me to that cafe on Pyragon again. Wish you bountiful discoveries and all the best. Xantara. Um, Marco, after reading this, kind of like rolls it back up and tucks it right into his bag. Um, looking around, so is this, like, do I assume this is phlogisterite kind of just like floating about? No, this is, this is the other substance to TLDR the letter, um, it appears that this person that is being written to, Aeolus, yeah. this is his office. Okay. I'm and he sent, he sent this other person, Xantara, samples of Cinder Shard. And in return, she sent him these fragments. Fragments of the Shivered One, she called it. Um, from her sphere, which is not Crotspace, a different sphere entirely. And it appears that they are helping each other study the different substances. All right. So, um, looking at the bottle, bottle looks broken. Bottle um, looks broken. You, you imagine that this jug contained all of these floating black crystals. And at some point in the eons, the jug got shattered on the floor. And now these crystals are now floating freely throughout the room. Okay. I'm going to take out, um, two little vials that I have, sure. um, and, and try to get some of it into the vials. 
Yeah, you could do so. Um, you can easily pluck it out of the air or cup it with your hands to kind of scoop them in. Um, and I can say you, you can fill both vials. All right, yeah, so I fill up both vials and tuck them into my bag uh, along with the letter. And we're going to like, all right, we're going to come back to that later, but this kind of does prove the other office is right over there. So I'm assuming nothing else of, like, particular notes in this office? Uh, no, not with your natural 20 investigation check, no. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to gather up some of these, uh, some of this items, um, some of these, like, fragments of the Shiver One into these vials, um, tuck it in there with the letter, and then I'm going to head out of the office and head over to the other office, the door. All right. So, Ravnus, uh, you and your team um, eventually arrive at the end of this particular uh, track. The cart begins slowing down on its own as it begins passing over the, the sigils that slow it, and it eventually stops at this librarian terminal station at the very end of this track. And you see a terminal nearby, a lights, and ladder uh, rungs pop out of the side of the tube that ascends upward. Yeah, they go up the tube. Uh, yeah, you um, ascend, and uh, as you ascend uh, in, up into darkness, uh, light suddenly hits you as you get to the top, and the pillar that marks the top splits open three ways, sending bright white light down onto you, and a bunch of snow. <laughs> Not enough to knock you off the rungs, but enough that like you are now dusted with snow, and it's cold. <laughs> We're back in my realm. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you notice is uh, you're not far from the top. And after the snow kind of bashes you in the face, uh, you look up and you see that if this opened up into a structure, that structure doesn't exist anymore. And you just see the snowy clouds above the hole, the opening of the hole. Huh. Um, is she able to, like, stick her head up a little bit and kind of survey, or no? Yeah, you can, you can, uh, uh, take a couple steps up on the rung just to kind of poke your head out. Uh, yeah, that's what she does. Go ahead and make me a perception check. Sure. That is a 15. A 15? Okay. Um, yeah, and also make me a stealth check. Uh-oh. All right. Let me look at what stealth is. That is a 15 also. Okay. I'm only rolling nothing. <laughs> You're <It's>, very <laughs> don't, don't even Don't even very worry about it. And then uh, uh -huh. Ravnus gets behind, <laughs> and we'll see you all in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, you poke your head out, and you're, you're kind of like... Uh, uh, it does seem like you see like the the ruined base of some structure all the way around you, um, but it seems like time has just completely destroyed this particular building. And actually, as you look to your left, you see the piles of rubble off the one side, kind of down the hill, as it looks like at one point in the generations past, thousands of years, um, uh, an avalanche off of the cliffside eventually took out this entire building, leaving the foundation that you're poking your head up through remaining standing alone, uncovered. And you do a quick scan, and with your 15 perception check, um, you see that there is clearly um, a base of some sort located kind of down this chasm. It's, a, it's an arm off of the main canyon, um, and uh, kind of nestled towards the end into some existing ruined structures, some sort of makeshift base. Okay. Uh, 
that makes me nervous with the fact that the stealth didn't come up. What do you see um, up there? Yeah, she's... There's not a building or anything, but there's a base. Okay, so why are we not moving? My arms are getting tired. Just be careful since it's all out in the open. Um, and she's going to go up and uh, try to make her way to the camp. Okay. You guys emerge and start heading that direction. The flapping of wings coming up behind you. And you see the snow and ice get kicked up as a shadow envelops you and you turn in time to see landing an adult white dragon. There you are. I should have gone with Marco. That's where we'll pick up next time. (laughs) (laughs) And Ravnus is wearing the armor that they stole from the dragons. (laughs) Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting. see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered, um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes. But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week! Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well then, this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit! Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely where we didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do. Love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue. Grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship. Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit. And many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes.
That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. projectderailed.com